Welcome in, everybody, to this sad Monday episode of the Dogs Football Podcast. I'm Nick Malone, joined by Noah Lurch, as always. Noah, it was a game we honestly, in the back of our minds, knew that it could happen. But obviously, we went in there with you know decent expectations to try to compete. Definitely to win, but obviously, it did not happen that way. The total opposite of that. Yeah, we said it. I think I said it on the pod Friday. said, I think it's either... A close game and we win it or we get our ass whooped and that's and that's what it ended up being an old-fashioned North Dakota State ass whooping yeah we said and that was definitely what Nick Hill said quote a typical North Dakota State butt whooping he said it's a pill to swallow definitely a tough pill yeah we lost by a final score on our season ending 38 to 7 loss uh not a whole lot to say this will be an episode of Barely talking about this game and honestly talking about uh, the seniors some more. Um, we'll add a couple seniors we forgot and even our tweets. We'll talk about the seasons, like we said, the seasons these guys had and pretty much an episode like that. Recapping the season as a whole, we mentioned on the tweet on sometime before this year ends because we know how it goes with uh, definitely football teams with having people leave. It's happened already. It just you know, It's a matter of time before a team's season's over. It could very well happen with us. That's just an example, along with the, just a look ahead and what we will have. So that'll be an episode down the road. So, no, let's jump into this game quickly and only about a certain things to talk about. That we got the ball first. What They they deferred, and we got the ball, um, but we punted. We didn't do a whole lot. No, they go down and score, so we're saying, okay, we're down 7 nothing. We punted again. They So we're down 10 nothing. No, on this one drive, the only drive that's worth talking about in this game is one where the first play on first and ten, and Nick Hill talked about it. We took some, we didn't throw it a whole lot because it's a game where the sacks could be there. They didn't want to take any risk, but I thought to myself along the way, and we didn't run the ball at all in this game efficiently or well, that if that wasn't going to happen, we had to throw and just live with the sacks because especially when the game got out of hand, it had to happen. And on this first and ten that he said they did take or try to do stuff on first down. A big play to Ty Stano for 44 yards. No, we're big in that 44 range. We mentioned the big plays that had to happen in this game. So it actually worked out. Ty Daniel, kind of surprisingly, just in terms of his skill set, getting behind the defense. Yeah, we in games like this, you need those big plays. And, yeah, us getting the ball first, it was that first drive had to be perfect, and you had to go put some kind of points on the board. And it was unfortunate we weren't able to execute um, that opening drive, it had to be a perfect, one of the best best drive you had scripted all year as a as a play caller, and it was not that. But, yeah, it's Ty's got a big play, and that's what you need in games like this to pull off an upset. And, yeah, it's what we needed. I'm not sure how he got behind the defense. Yeah, and I'm glad you went back to that first drive. Yeah, we had to do something there. Ran two and a half minutes off the clock to do nothing. We'll get to the time of possession at the end of this game in the box score. It's unbelievable. Yeah, we tried to run. We tried to run. We realized we couldn't do that. It was a false start on our end. Uh, but Jack, we mentioned how well if we weren't going to do anything, we had to be great in special teams. And Jack had a 47 yarder to pin them back to their own 17, and they, you know, had to march all the way downfield, and they did in only nine plays to score that touchdown. So yeah, on ours, the big play to Tice, and then a little bit of runs. We 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 took an early timeout, which we hate doing in general, definitely in the second half. But this happened in the first. And then, Noah, we weren't able to watch. You were watching at this point. I was listening. Landon bailed out Nick for a touchdown, which seems like only a play Landon can make. Yeah, it was a it was on it was on fourth and one. 
And as we should say before I say this, that uh, we did not have any Avante Cox in this game. He tried to go through warm-ups, and uh, Nick says he was uh, uh, teared up that he wanted to go so bad, but he just couldn't do it. So, But, yeah, Landon, it was 4th and 1, I thought. Um, it should be Javon time on a play on a on a call like that, but uh, yeah, it ended up they went play action and uh, they ran Landon across the field, and uh, it was a it was a nice throw, but it was a great diving catch for a touchdown to get us right back in the game. That's where you want to be, and uh, I think Nick Baker said it. It was a score, and that said, hey, we're here to play. Let's get us let's get going, and which is that's not what happened. No, and especially going for it on fourth and one, it had to happen. I mean, even if you kicked a field goal there, you're only down a touchdown, but you you know at, the, at that point you couldn't stop them, and that was the case in this game. Yeah, Landon bailing them out, and uh, yeah, the fact that we were able to do something good on fourth and short, not a whole lot else. Landon, we know, has struggled, but he made that play, and it's one of those plays that you know can happen and that can lure you in the right direction. Yeah, so we cut it within three. And that's about all we're going to mention. Even That was a five-play, 75-yard drive for us in only two minutes via that big play. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's all we're going to mention on our end. You know, we punted a whole lot, got turnover on, on downs twice. They scored almost every time they had it. I mean, they had, at the end of the game, they had a, uh, a punt and an interception, or we got a whatever the heck happened. It doesn't matter because all we did was score those seven points, and that's the only thing that we did in this game efficiently, Noah. So. Uh, let's jump into this box score, something that jumps out bigger than most. I wonder if this could be a record in the playoffs in a single game. It might not be. No, they rushed for 389 yards and had five total touchdowns rushing the ball. Yeah, that's that's what they do. They they are physical up front, and they, and they t- wear you out, tire you up, and they just keep coming. Um, it's all simple formations. They have two or three formations they running out, and they got the QBs involved. And yeah, that I I mentioned it on Friday. They've ran for over 300 like three times already this year, and wasn't wouldn't be surprised if it, I said we had to do something, and we made no adjustments. I thought I was telling you I'd said at halftime we got to try something else, give them a different front, something else. I mentioned the six-man front. I know Bill Belichick likes to do that. When you bring the two backers, you have a six-man front and bring Quay down, him and Bryce at the two like backer spots, and you have Clayton in the free playing center field almost, and you play one-on-one with you know you trust your guys on the outside, but you had to make them try to throw the ball and try to stop that run, and they were we were, they were testing the edge all night long. And we did not set that edge at all. No, I'm glad you said that. We were talking about that earlier. That yeah, no adjustments in that regard. Knowing that they, heck, they run the ball 62 times, they, and they knew there was nothing you could do about it. But yeah, if you stack the box even more, you're right. Move Quay more to the line of scrimmage, even as that backer, and have Clayton. We know can pick it. We know can you know make open field tackles if need be. We had to do something, and they didn't. I think that's something of of course you know as a as a coaching staff in general. There's discussions on adjustments. Obviously, halftime, obviously. What else happens in halftime? We mentioned how this team has said before that they know in certain games, and this was obviously against an opponent where you had to. They've said that they don't need to like really say much. The team knows what they have to do well. That didn't happen at all in this one. Yeah, the fact that they didn't do that, because if you make them throw the ball, Cam Miller only had 88 yards. We know Quincy Patterson got on the ball in the game, too. All he did was, all he did was hand the ball off. 
that you had to do something because if you make them throw, yeah, with no Christian Watson in this game, really, either. So the two best receivers on each team did not play. I'm glad you mentioned Avante at first that we were blindsided by him before the – even before, obviously, on Monday that he said that he was going a lot better than Justin Strong was. You know, Justin played in this game. But the fact that that's how bad it was for Avante the rest of the week um, and that he couldn't go, yeah, you're right, a game – time decision so I think that mattered whether like the you know obviously the team wouldn't you know say that or acknowledge that because we were fine with Adam for parts of the year but obviously this was a team that is just head and shoulders better than everybody else you played so yeah they did rush for 10 almost 10 to 400 yards uh rushing that is just absolutely unacceptable really but um it just can't happen and like I said I think that's got to be a record in general so like I said, 88 total passing yards. They, it was just awful. We didn't do a whole lot, Noah. I mean, Nick wasn't that inefficient, but the problem was, Noah, if you go to the team stats, he didn't get a whole lot with the ball. They outdid us by 15 minutes. It seemed like a lot more than that because even Mike said in the game, Noah, in the second half, we didn't touch the ball in the second half until about six minutes left. Yeah, six minutes left in the third, I believe. But, yeah, it's, if you look at those those middle quarters, we had the ball for two minutes in the second quarter, four for the third um, you're not winning any ball games like that. That's what they do. They, we've that's what we've been talking about all year long. Can we get those long, fifteen play, six minute drives to get our defense rest, but obviously wear their defense out and help us in the long run? And that's what they do. And they just they just keep they just kept coming. They ran the ball. Yeah, you mentioned only eighty eight passing yards, and he did throw a pick. So, uh, but uh, yeah, it's just. But efficiently for only sack three times for Knicks, or or he was under a duress a lot, I would say, but only three sacks. But our our line did a decent job, I would say. Yeah, I know it definitely in the pass pro, just not in the running game. Uh, Nick had a lot of negative yards to make ours at sixty one, but um, yeah, I agree. I think it's it's one of those that everything fell in place in terms of the protection, barely being sacked and how efficient Nick was and decent how decent Nick was for the most part, that it's crazy how nothing went our way. Yeah, we put ourselves in bad positions on downs. And a lot of this fell on the defense in terms of obviously not getting not getting rest, uh, yeah, on our offensive possessions like we did last week to give them rest going to the next drive to where they just kept getting ran on. But we know adjustments had to be made on that side. And I think this ruins the thing where I said if Javon rushes, passes, and receives, we win. He threw it once so that – Barely broke it, uh, eight for forty-two on the ground and five for thirty-three receiving. So, this was the one game I feel like where that's been the case. Definitely this year. I'm sure it's happened in the past where we've lost and he's done that. But, I'd say um, complete a pass would be the key. Term. Yeah, that'd be yeah. In terms of them just getting him involved, because usually yeah. it's a big play and maybe sometimes goes for a touchdown. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, we're just completing it wouldn't necessarily count but the fact that they would get him involved in any facet even if it's one obviously needs to happen more but he doesn't really besides those big plays and you get to the point where you're losing you have to just unleash the playbook in a sense you want to play efficient but when everything's not going well you have to do something so uh yeah no literally not everything it's good to see donovan get in this game in his final uh appearance as a saluki six for 31 like you said javon led us uh tice he had four catches for 85 and we only had the one on 44 so Picked a nice spot to become like really good offensively uh, in this game at the end of the at the end of the season. 
And I think it says a lot of landing. We know we caught the touchdown bail them out. Two for 21. We mentioned how the prior, I mean, their defensive backs are head and shoulders above anyone else we face, and knowing Landon has struggled. Two for 21, Noah, that couldn't happen with Avante. Um, with Avante, uh, Landon had to do more. Yeah, that just shows they, without another guy on that side that can burn you at any time, they can focus on one guy, take him away, and that's what they did. And I mentioned the line did an okay job, but to show you how well their defense was and their their coverage and their zone cover their basic zone coverage it shows you what was open in the middle and we we moved the ball a little bit if you look at our two our second and third leading receivers or running backs that's because they was checked down in the middle and it was wide open it's a good point yeah exactly so the the opportunities were there offensively but yeah we put ourselves in bad uh downs and that's just what happens especially when you don't set the tone running the ball really not able to do that that uh, doesn't open things up really, yeah. So even though the uh, yeah the opportunities were there, and even Isaiah, no, Isaiah has to do more because we know just a quick sneak peek in terms of like what we have moving forward. He's one of our top two guys, and you know he had to do more in this game. I know Avante as well. The fact that Tice, we talked, yeah, hasn't been great receiving and consistently at times that he was in this one. And Javon, who's not obviously not a receiver. He's more of a running back or can throw the ball, but if he can receive clearly, he's your second uh, guy. And even Donovan with rushing and receiving did good. But when you're running backs, you're two of your top three. That can't happen. We know Jerron started in place of Avante, didn't do a whole lot. Uh, we just had to have, and that just shows we thought we were deep at this point, but then knowing that your other guys didn't step out, I think, and there was a lot of, um, you know, uh, appreciate or appreciation is, a, is the wrong word, but uh, whatever in terms of what North Dakota State did, a lot of how good they were and all that stuff. So, yeah, obviously everything not great. Let's flip over to defense and quickly. Just who was the most active? We know Zach Barola had like eight tackles in the first like five minutes. It seemed like uh, I don't have it in front of me. So who who led us in tackles? Who was actually decent? We know Bryce had the pick at the end of the game. What else happened? It was Zach Barola with 12 total tackles and a tackle for loss. He was very active. It it just shows that uh, going into next year, that's a guy we can uh, pretty much solidify a starting spot almost, you would say. Yeah, I think he's earned that right in the small time he's been able to play. He knocks heads. He makes tackles. We know he's a key, had been a key special teamer. Yeah, we think he will start and probably won't be as much. But we know we've seen our key guys in special teams this year. Maybe he'll be that, but he's definitely valuable moving forward. Yeah, time of possession, like we said, 15 minutes more. Seemed like a lot more. We had seven penalties for uh, 70 yards. They only had two penalties on the day. They played about almost spotless football. Uh, yeah, other than that, they were 29 first downs to our 14, 9 of 13 on third. No, we were 3 of 5 on fourth. We'd like to see that more efficient this season. Who knows? We wouldn't be playing them in the second round. We'd be playing somebody else because arguably we'd, we could have been a top eight seed or just better in general uh, how that turns out. So we were fishing in that regard. But yeah, 281 total yards to their 477. That's just the difference. Just definitely outmatched. There's really not a whole lot else to say about it. Yeah, it's 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 not going not be able to put yourself in third and longs and, and being in third and manageable and be able to convert those even even when they got into third and longs, they had third and 19, and they dumped it down to the running back, and he got 20 out of it. And there was another third and 11. They were just – they ran a draw play, and they got, like, 15 out of it. So they were just doing what they wanted, and it shows. If Because if you look at our our defensive stats, if you look at our tackles, 
Um, after Zach with 12, your next three, Quay, Clayton, and PJ. Quay had 10. Clayton and PJ both had nine apiece. Um, those are those are at your third level in the secondary. So that just shows you um, no push up front to um, try to fill those holes or anything. And they just did what they wanted all day long. And, yeah, it's just – I thought Nick Hill put it best. Uh, he said that uh, – in all, in all our other losses this season, even the Kansas State game, he felt like we had a, tem- a team to win that game. And t- and that and Saturday, that was not the case at all. Definitely not. And that, I think that's a product of wearing down. We think after every season, especially when you don't look good, out, outside of being outmatched, that has a lot to do with you, know, you wearing down. We've talked about it before. The defense did not look great, minus the adjustments. But, yeah, you mentioned that, and then Nick said also, I mean, 23 games. I mean, that's, like you said, that's more than NFL team plays in a season along with getting all the way to the Super Bowl. So that's a lot. I think that uh, that has to play a factor. It's the, it's the case for a lot of teams that were, that were doing it, and we know we've dealt with injuries. But, I mean, every team you would look at that would feel that way, definitely ones that have depth, like I'm sure North Dakota State has, Teams that even have better depth than we did. I think that definitely has something to do with it. So, uh, you know, looking well, quickly before we get into some other stuff from his presser, he talked with Mike after the game. Let's pick apart some of that because some noteworthy stuff. No, we know Bryce Notre had a pick in this game. Had a had had a. We'll get to this again. Had a great career. Uh, definitely a great last couple of years for sure. Uh, but no, we found out. And of course, it's one of those things where you know. It's kept inside, you know, the team. We don't know about it till something like this, Noah. Bryce Notre playing with a torn labrum this year, and they gave him the option to start the year, didn't they? Yeah, they gave him the option, and they told him you can have surgery and miss the season, or you can try, to, you can play through it, and you can miss the the bowl games and the uh, combine ish stuff. So that's what he decided to do, and that just shows you what kind of kid he is. And, uh, yeah, we have a lot of guys doing that, but him doing that, playing middle linebacker in a in a league like this, that's just unbelievable. You can't say enough about a kid like that. Yeah, and we, we know people have played through injuries before. It just matters how drastic it is because we've seen him. Obviously, the hits he makes, like, I don't think the pain, maybe he's taking painkillers, maybe he's doing all this other stuff that football players do do to relieve it. So maybe it's not bothering at times. I mean, that's something we're saying, but it'd be hard to play on that. We know these guys are tough, but the fact that he can make those tackles, the fact that he can be laughing and smiling a lot, even when he's on the field, it's, it's tough to say that that obviously hindered him this year. It just shows obviously his toughness, but I don't know how drastic it would have been because then he wouldn't be able to play at times this year. If something like that, it just wasn't as drastic, but that's definitely Something you love that he's given the option to play and not have surgery and focus on his ne- the next level of his career that he's wanting to play for SIU and be that guy because he wanted to win like all these other ones. And Nick said that he was getting choked up talking about him. And we'll get, like we said, we'll get to the seniors again and some other things he said. But no, when he was picking apart the game, he talked about the fact that they have almost pros at a lot of levels offensively. And he mentioned their old line uh, and just how, you know, they have draft picks there, how efficient they're able to you know, pass, protect, and run the ball. But he said that then, along with just the team in general, could play in the bottom half of the Power 5 conference, which then that, that begs us to wonder as to why they haven't left. We know it's tough to it's tough to leave a place where you consistently win and you can and you can just rack on championships. But, no, we know James Madison and Sam Houston are leaving, and they haven't had near the success. James Madison's had a title recently, but we know they haven't had near the success as the Bison. It begs us to wonder as to why 
they wouldn't leave because Nick's right. They probably could play in the bottom of maybe a Power 5 conference somewhere, maybe, because then they'd even get better recruits than they already do. That's something that maybe needs to look be looked into. Yeah, it's. I think it's a, it's a uh, probably a budget thing and uh, location-wise in, in the middle of North they're like travel wise expenses and stuff like budget and that stuff is probably keeping from that, but they definitely could compete. So yeah, they have, they get great players. Now they, they're talking about a lot of their running backs. They were talking about that on the, the, the broadcast and they were talking how they got a couple guys from Georgia and Florida and they go down there and they recruit the guys from the rural, rural parts of those States that don't get a lot of, a lot of looks and they, kind of they've been trying to make it feel like what it is at North Dakota State they know the rural field there's not much there so yeah they got those guys and you can definitely tell those athletes are paying off it's a great point that means obviously if you're able to get guys high level at the FCS that means they're guys that yeah the other teams don't see at the FBS level that's a great point uh, but yeah it, it, it just the fact that uh you know, if you get tired of just being this kind of team that you know you can go compete at a high level, where yeah, you're not the championships probably won't be there, but you can still compete. We mentioned Jabril Cox before, linebacker here that went to even LSU. So even to get the opportunities both ways, to have it, it's just the fact that. Uh, and you mentioned even when they, we know they have the atmosphere to play at the next level. That's without a doubt, they have one of the best atmospheres in the country. And Nick even mentioned that in this that it's just especially when that place sells out. And that's when I, when you mentioned the money thing outside of like revenue, I think, and obviously, you know, just the whole situation that we don't know, but I, I think winning and the revenue they bring in would help them in terms of what their money situation is. I just truly don't know what the reason is. And I, I wonder, or wonder, or I hope James Madison and Sam Houston leaving uh, can maybe just, they could follow suit along the way, which I doubted, which that just makes it easier for them down the road with those two teams leaving. That's without a doubt. So, I think as you look at the level, people talk about the levels and even the FBS. So you have the Power Fives competing for the Final Four, and then you have the teams even like Cincinnati who have earned their way, but you have those other conferences or even lower than that that compete in their own leagues or something. That will never happen, I don't think. If it does, maybe we're not alive for it. But just the fact that, you know, all these now that they have an easier path with all these other teams leave, and they need to leave to give teams like us who we strive to be that one day just to have easy easier isn't the word I want to use, but better opportunities to be successful. And I know you have to earn your way to doing that. And you want to beat these teams. We know we beat this team before. No, it said before, and it's obvious they've only lost to three teams in the last five years. And we're one of those teams. It's just barely picking them apart and slowly, but surely beating them. It's just tough. Yeah. It's, they use that they use that spring loss as extra motivation and they really brought it out and pounded us. And yeah, it's, that's, not sure what you're going to see with those once those teams leave, but we know the Valley's always going to be tough, so you may see more more Valley teams get in at maybe a 500 record just because that's how tough the conference is, or it, it gives more opportunities for the HBCUs if they have a decent season. I know Florida A&M didn't fare well in the first round, but, yeah, it's interesting to see what else happens. Uh what else happens once those teams leave to give those teams more competition. But yeah, hopefully the way our trajectory and these guys will get to um, that are leaving us, but have left a footprint and what, what's going what's to come for us. And hopefully we keep building on that to be that team that maybe they have to go through every year. 
Exactly, and I I think it, obviously it has a lot to do with us and how we place to have to play them in the second round. And that's obviously has to do with us being more consistent and earning a better seed to where we avoid something like this. But uh, just a product, especially if you get them on the road, we've talked about it. We killed them. I know they're semi-different team, but they have the same players as they did in the spring to an extent that uh, if you get them on the road, if you can find a way, we know we had a chance at one point this year, Missouri State did too, to win the conference or at least tie for it or something, but even though they would have been the team that still earned home games, if they can just get to the point along the way that they can get games on the road, I think they're a completely different team. Whether they still would beat you, but even going back to the bad weather game with Trey Lance at quarterback, like we almost beat them. I just think they're obviously, and Nick's kind of said it, they're just a different team on the road, but they're just literally unbeatable. They have a banner. They've only lost once in the playoffs at home. It's just, it's just, it's, when you get them away, things could change. So like I said, it falls on a lot of us for placing ourselves in the position to play them. So more on Nick Hill, because we mentioned us segueing into being this team one day, or we strive for it, that winning eight or nine games a season isn't enough. And he, and he tried to not really say that to the players. He talked amongst the staff about that. Uh, but they want to obviously focus on the positives in terms of their careers and the season that they have. But, no, again, that segues into the ability to recruit at that level, for, you know, to build up these players, to be professionals like North Dakota State has. It's about recruiting. And we know he said that he hit the road the next day, which was yesterday, Sunday night, on the road to recruiting. So, one of those things where you follow a season, you go out and do it. We know these coaches that have took new jobs, their season ends to an extent. They go out while they're recruiting, even for the old, for their old team. But no, recruiting, seeing him on the road, that's good, and that's a sign. They need to bring in guys that can help compete against those teams. Yeah, we know we're hitting the we're hitting the transfer portal hard, and that's what's going to help you. But also, you got to find guys that can maybe come in here and make a small impact and get better right away as a freshman. And uh, then you got guys that redshirt to get better. And uh, see how they do. Yeah, it's it's interesting, and we know we had a really good class back in 2016. We've seen what happened, what has happened with them, but we know we got a really good class this year. Had a really good class last year. Excited to see the future of those classes. And yeah, he's going out there to find more guys. We know we just had one flipped, um, but hopefully we can continue on. We know Trevor Olson was in 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 home visit with Jimmy Lansing, so it's great to see our guys are out there and finding guys that want to come here and be here and join this family and represent the Saluki nation with pride. Exactly. And he said he, you know, even going back to the seniors and, uh, you know, realizing or celebrating them because he's not really angry after the, after this loss, you mentioned that, uh, you know, obviously he thinks that we've, yeah, like we played good in every game, every loss we've had to win except this one. Uh, But he said he appreciates obviously and what the seniors have accomplished of turning SIU football around and getting and winning in the playoffs recently. And even you go back to that, Connor Lair, I think, left more because of the fact that he wanted to stay home, even though Missouri State's good, let alone just in spite of us, I think. So even even in that regard, I think that's not really too uh, whatever on our part. Uh, but, yeah, he did get choked up talking about him and just signing guys to compete in this league, also being on the road. So some things to take away from that. Uh, but some quotes here that he said after the game in regards just about the game. I think, honestly, he said enough. Keenan Agnew, a couple of the players talked. He said they kept running it, and we just couldn't stop it. Uh, who Keenan, who had the only sack of the day for us. Kudos to them. They did a lot of things well. It was a very frustrating for us the whole game. As I can imagine playing, that that would definitely be 
a uh, problem. Um, some other quotes. See if we can get some other ones. See if Nick Baker spoke here. I don't think he did. We know we talked, though, with Mike after the game. No, it was, it was short and sweet, wasn't it? Yeah, it was short and sweet, and it, um, it wasn't a lot to say, but um, what can you say after a guy like that? You mentioned one of the, all they all said. Exactly. He was you know, just short and sweet on things that they didn't do right. He mentioned uh, keeping herself out of bad down you know, times of how to do whatever, and he reiterated that, yeah, you didn't even get the ball till six minutes left in the third quarter, so that had a lot to do with it. So uh, enough of that game. We know we were just outmatched, and we had a good expectations, kind of a good feeling going into this game, but we should have known in the end that they are unbeatable, even though we wanted to be the team to be their second home playoff loss. And however long. So it's just one of those things that didn't play out. We got just outplayed in this one. And uh, Noah, going back. So let's recap this season now. Because if we recall, obviously, the great start we had at SEMO, we thought that that could be a sneak peek of what our offense could be. And we looked great in that one. But even Noah then segueing into Kansas State, we recall obviously going to that game. It was great. Had a chance to win. We, we talked about Nico's missed field goal recently because of the wind. Things that could have changed the game. We had a pick six. A lot of things had like Nick got sacked a lot in that game, but it was a game we knew also know at our peak to an extent before conference play that we knew the kind of team we were going to be. So it was one of those uh, points of the season, you know, where we thought we could take off after that playing a big 12 team like that. Yeah. You proved you could go there no matter who you play and you play with the big dogs and we should have probably should have won that game. We know we were in that game throughout and we had opportunities and uh, missed opportunities and execution led to a close loss, but you know, we were ready to get battle tested and yeah, we were supposed to take off from there. Yeah. Especially with, like we said, the opportunities were there. They just, we just didn't execute at the end. We barely scored in the second half of that game, but it was warranted, you know, even with what's his name, the quarterback going down, they still managed to win the game, gave ourselves a chance. And then no, we talked about how the decently bad, it seemed like at times, home team we were this year, but we killed Dayton, and that was just a game where you a game you had to win, a non-scholarship program, uh, but that kind of lifted the spirits and gave you good whatever after a loss against Kansas State. And then, no, I think this says a lot, obviously with the home, being down 17 to nothing against Illinois State, but then having 35 unanswered, and that was a game that we said earlier that Nick Hill said, you know, we don't really go into halftime, we don't have to say much, they know what they have to do, and that was the game that turned out in our favor uh, Noah, in the Western game, the last that and South Dakota stayed both on the road. Games where we obviously won, decline or whatever, taking away their two point conversion at the end to win by one point each. Uh, Western was a team where they, you know, had decent stretches at the end of the year, but obviously barely beating them. We kind of collapsed in that game, but in Noah, this game, this was where we thought our peak was. South Dakota State being down, what was it, twenty to nothing, coming back and scoring forty two to twenty one you know, outscoring them by 21 the rest of the way and then ending their, uh, you know, obviously two-point conversion. So, no, that was whenever we thought our peak was after coming back, knowing we could do that on the road even. Yeah, we showed we finished off what we weren't able to finish off last year in the playoffs, and that's what we thought where, hey, this is a big-time win. This is a statement win. This is our chance to uh, maybe make a run out of Valley Crown and uh, – we got a we got we got away with the win. They went for two and uh, great play by Branson Combs. Um, so uh, big time. Then next the next week, you came home. You you played a, a team without Otis Way, a North Dakota team we didn't know who wasn't playing. 
Um, another close game, which we thought all close games all year long, so why not? And uh, we're, we're able to pull that one out as well. Exactly. And we that was the last home game we were actually able to go to. Yeah, with no Otis Way, and they were just you – know, they seemed like they didn't have – and we had a lot of fifth- and sixth-year guys made our bench look a lot, but we just remember saying in that game they didn't look like they had a lot of people. But that was a game that ended up with a backup kicker that had them try to make kicks in that game, which wasn't happening, so we got lucky, even though it was a long kick at the end, to win by three. So we were 6-1, and one. yeah, even coming off that win, so we're – well, we're on a huge winning streak, four-game winning streak or five-game winning streak at this point. And then, Noah, here's when we hit the road, a tough test, losing by seven to North, to you and I, knowing how good their defense was, but we also had chances in that game to win. So that was our first conference loss of the year. And then, Noah, followed with a stinker, uh, the home game against Missouri State. We know it was a good team, barely lost in the first round. Uh, quality team player of the year. That was just all around sacking them, or sacking them seven times in the first half. And being up three and a half via, what was it, Nico missed a field goal, you know, in the first half too, then losing by 10. You know, so at this point in the year, you know, you're kind of falling on hard times, and but you go make up for it against Indiana State on the road, kill them. And then the stinker of them all, arguably, is the Youngstown game where we thought that you know, obviously made it uh, hard on us, you know, in terms of suspense for the playoffs. And then, we be, and then we play a solid overall all-throughout game against South Dakota, aside from it being a six-point game at one point before we put it away. And then this one uh, at the end, Noah, that ended our season. Uh, it was one of those, we said it in the tweet, a what-if season. We thought we had everything it took. Injuries kind of got in our way, but Noah, in the end, it just came out in inconsistencies again. Yeah, and that was the, probably our biggest fault of the season, inconsistencies and in that uh... – the stretch down there at the end of the season was the, probably the biggest disappointment. Yeah, for sure. And if we could look at the season stats here, just going, let's go through some of the, our highs. Nick had 3,231 and only 13, and 13 games. That is tied for the single season in the top three of SIU football history Mike had earlier. He is Nick Baker, number one this year. Mike Iannotti in 2015. Uh, and then Nick Hill in 2007 with 3,114 games. So uh, Nick Baker did good statistically. Just imagine what he could do if, if him and the team were more consistent. Maybe we're still in the playoffs moving on, obviously, and the fact that he could be up for player of the year if he just – if things just obviously went his way throughout, um, that he could put up seasons like that that no other could in SIU history, not even his head coach. So it's one of those, no, obviously he – at times, he was obviously honorable mention. Javon led us in yards this year with 567. We know uh, Donovan was leading us at one point, and he didn't do a whole lot else. Noah Landon, 876, could have easily had a 1,000-yard season, but he tailed off at the end. Uh, I don't have the total. If you have it in front of you, maybe the total team like tackles on the season. But real quickly, Avante, 739. We know he had a huge season outside from when he got hurt. Isaiah, 500 yards. Tice, 412. Jerron 292. Um, so overall, some inconsistencies there uh, in general. So what about defense? Who led us in tackles on the air if you have that? Yeah, Bryce Notre led us in tackles this year with 94 uh, sacks, two interceptions, four pass breakups. Um, with all that, eight tackles for loss with a torn labor. I don't even know what else to say. I mean, the fact that he's just the ultimate warrior, like I said, drastic-wise, the injury wasn't too bad for him to do all that. Uh, we know he's tough in general, like we said, but 90 tackles in general is tough. That is in itself deserving of 
the bowls that he could do, which if he has surgery, he's not able to compete in those. So we'll see how, what his future holds. Uh, who, who was right behind him? It had to have been like Quay or something. Quay was 88. So they were really close. We know Quay passed Jeremy in tackles. Who knows what he's at? Uh, we don't have like total career stats. We thought Mike would have that at some point. We'll have that down the road. Uh, go to who was in the top five? Finish that out. Uh, PJ Jules was seventy four. Michael Calhoun with sixty six. Clayton Bush was sixty three. Zach Rolla with fifty nine. So Zach, it seems like yeah, a lot of secondary three level guys. Exactly, and then Zach, who even barely played at times this year, did at times obviously, but putting up those stats that just shows the numbers he can put up. So, uh, I mean. Fine statistics seasons for everybody. Javon had 67 yards passing. Stone, uh, uh, Stone Norton, as we know, only threw two times this year. At certain times, we would like to see more, especially when we were in blowouts. But I know you want to run the ball in the game. So in that perspective, we know Nick was the guy all year, no matter what. So the season of <clears throat> obviously good things offensively and defensively, <clears throat> just inconsistencies, like we said, because we, like we said, even the opportunities in this game and just in general, the opportunities were there all year. Just uh, didn't didn't make the most of them. Put yourself in a better position and not play them. So, uh, Noah, that should segue us into our seniors, which obviously we have a lot to say in general about them. Or just if we were to pick them apart, what they did, I think we should for the for the guys that have been here since that 2016 class that have been there. We mentioned Nick being choked up, that taking a chance when the when the transfer portal was hot. They never wavered. They never left. None of these guys did. That's what Nick and even us at times would be choked up for for them putting their heart and soul into this program to build it up to what it is. I know we tweet about a lot of the seniors and uh, obviously those main ones, and we didn't tweet about some that we didn't know was you know not going to come back or not. Cole Stewart comes to mind. It's a fish, a fifth-year junior. He has the option, but he's not going to. Uh, he had some nice tweets with Mike. We know Hunter Milligan, know, who we both know, uh, earned that scholarship this year. He's also not returning. Uh, and then – forgot because we mentioned the guys that even took part this one season forgot to mention Colby Coleman which I don't know why he should have been one of the first ones you know even D Foxworth who just tweeted at us that he said he loves us forever we know we barely we didn't see him at all the rest of the year uh, that says a lot about him and the person that he is and then the seasons Galatian and Donovan have we appreciate those guys so much and the efforts they did we are we said if Kevin Galatian doesn't get hurt who knows the season he could have put up and if Donovan started the year playing a lot more. Who knows as well. Things on our team and our season maybe are different. Colby did what he needed to do as a linebacker filling in, even on special teams. Uh, who am I forgetting here for this one year that came transferred? Is that all the ones? And D Fox, like we said, who was in the hippo forms at the beginning of the year, didn't really take part. So we appreciate all those guys. And if they listen, uh, just in general, we know that Suzuki Nation appreciate those guys. And no, that's a, uh, some of these guys that obviously made the All-Valley teams, uh, starting with guys like Xavion, who we know. Like I said, I had classes with him and Jordan Burner when I was in school, when I graduated three years ago. I mean, that shows how long they've been there and how much they put their heart and soul into this. Noah, Xavion being arguably on, I mean, maybe not, he might not get drafted, but he's putting himself on maps to be first-team All-Valley members, making the transition to offense. And being our leader, Noah, Xavion is one. We're not sure how well we can replace that he was just unbelievable in his career. Yeah, that's, he's been that – when he made that transition over, he's been that glue guy on that line, that leader, uh, the captain of the team. He's the guy, if he was speaking, everybody was had their heads turned to him. He was, they were listening. 
He's he brought the energy, and we can't say enough about that guy. Um, he's he's not going to be easy to replace, and we're going to have to do find our best find maybe somebody that can fill that role. And he was so durable in, in that aspect. And then we know what he's dealt with off the field. So it's heartbreaking that that's how his college career ends. We're definitely thinking he has a pro career. So, Xavion, if you listen to these as well, we know we tweeted at you. We appreciate everything you've done. You've, you've built your legacy as well. Noah, let's segue to his guy that I said that I had classes with as well, Jordan Berner, who came on so hard in his last two years here uh, from Chester. He appreciated it, and even he had the interview with Mike before the playoffs that said, I never had thoughts of leave. And I think him being from Chester obviously had something to do with that and him knowing the career he could have. Uh, Noah, he was, you know, like I said, these last two years, he's been such an elite pass rusher and player in general. We know he batted the ball that even Anthony took. He's just done everything, uh, especially with, uh, we thought he should have been an All-Valley member. That's how good he was this year and obviously, like I said, the year before. Yeah, that's uh, that's one of those guys, if they have any chance to maybe play at this level in your backyard, you got to give them a chance and um, he was that he was that guy. He was good enough to play here. He wanted to stay home, and that's what we need to see. We want to see these guys around here. If they have a chance to play at this at at SIU, we need to go scoop them up. Um, give them at least at least I know the kid from Christopher this year. We gave him a, a preferred walk on offer. I mean, give them a chance. If they can come over here, they can turn into something special. And that's just going to bring in more fans from the outside, giving local guys some opportunities. And Jordan Burner, yeah, the career he had, we can't say enough about him. That's a great point you make with the local guys, because even at the times when we had the down, the down years after Dale Lennon into Nick Hill, that it's almost like why not sign local guys? You know, at this point now, you have expectations to get better players. We know Vincent Newsom is out there as an option right now that could help us down the road. I'm sure he would love to stay home too. But like I said, you're at this level now that you, you know, at once weren't where you give the chance on those guys. Maybe not so much now, but you take chances on guys like Jordan Burner. Had a great high school career. You just give him a chance, and he ends up having an arguable Hall of Fame career. That says a lot. So, Jordan, we appreciated everything you did for the program as well. You could very well be enshrined one day. Thank you so much. And then Noah segues to a guy that will definitely be enshrined. Not sure how his Hall of Fame speech will go. We know he's not a very um, – you know, talkative guy. It's been talk. It's been well known. But no, Anthony Knighton. The great first half of the career he had, not even injuries. He hasn't even dealt with injuries. He just hasn't been as productive stats-wise. We know in multiple other ways, and he and he turned it on at the end of this season. You know, all-time sacks leader, all-time tackles for loss. If there was a stat for all-time batted balls, he'd be there too. No, an incredible Hall of Fame career, Anthony Knighton. Yeah, that's that's uh, gonna be him and Jordan on the on the edges. Two irreplaceable, two guys we cannot replace on this team. Um, I don't know how the staff is going to do it, but what he done the sacks. Uh, we know we know he, in the first part of his career the younger younger Anthony Knighton was the more of a sack guy, but he turned into a good run stopper and a good guy that knocked down and he blocked field goals. So uh, yeah, this guy he's going to be in the Hall of Fame as soon as uh, as soon as he's eligible, he's going right in. I would say, um, especially being the all time sack leader. Without a doubt, I flashed back. I'm just on his Twitter that before he retweeted him breaking the sack record, there's one from December of 2018 where it said he was an All-American sophomore. He had 15 sacks in two seasons uh, and had eight and a half sacks that previous year. And there was one before that with him and Jordan, arguably 
obviously they've been together for so long that those two were his first recruiting class named freshman All-Americans even the year before that. So it says a lot of how they've ended up over the course of their career. Uh, now I know that segues us into, if I can find it here again, um, the list of guys. Uh, we, we talked about Bryce and him playing through that, him becoming the elite player that he was. We hope he still gets chances with surgery to uh, you know, be you know the player at the next level and join us in NFL Salukis potentially, given these opportunities that you know, obviously he was heart and soul, leading tackler. What else can you say about Bryce? He turned it on at the end of his career to maybe make a Hall of Fame case for himself at the end of the day too. Yeah, he's definitely he's a he's a next level player. He could he'll be able to get some opportunities. I know will he'll take full advantage of any opportunity given after after surgery. But yeah, it's another guy you can't it's gonna be you can't replace. You're just gonna find multiple guys to do that. And yeah, it's been a great opportunity. Absolutely he has a chance at the Hall of Fame. Uh we can't say enough about any of these guys, but especially a guy like that being able to play his last season with a torn labrum is just amazing. And as we know, though, the Hall of Fame takes forever to get guys like Randall Falker even in. So hopefully these guys, we know Anthony will, a lot of these guys will, arguably this whole class could. Yeah, two-time All-American Bryce, thank you so much for everything you did. Noah Quay, we know he's been here since the beginning. He's followed in Jeremy's footsteps to an extent here at the school, giving himself a chance. We know he almost left. Uh, he was one of those guys that we went down into Florida and got – and convinced him, knowing he became an elite player every single year. He was able, he was a leader. We loved hearing him talk. He was well spoke. He was just a perfect, strong safety, safety in general, and what he did. Um, you know, he's also chance for the Hall of Fame and giving himself a chance at the next level. Yeah, he's uh, we're so thankful he came back instead of transferring. We know that was a uh, difficult time for him. He didn't, couldn't, he wanted, he didn't know for sure if we were going to have a season. And he was able to come back, and we opened up opened up our arms for him, and pretty much so thankful he came back. The player he was to help us out, second leading tackle on his team to break to break Jeremy Chen's record and give himself a shot at the next level. Um, I'm sure because he he fits in with those guys that gotten shots here from poor like Madre Harper or Craig James, Ryan Neal. He's more like a Ryan Neal guy. He's going to take advantage of the opportunity and stick with the team like. Ryan Neal has with the Seahawks. It's a great point because Quay had a better season or better career than all, all those guys, arguably. Yeah, it's just given the chance. We know NFL teams are always wanting practice squad members to build yourself into even what Ryan has become. If you're not a second round pick like Jeremy. So good luck to you, Quay, in your future. We know if he did leave, we know teams like UCF was in on him. So who knows what we would be, would have been without him. Obviously not that good defensively, but who knows the career he could have had. We know JT Thompson left. Wasn't so great with Boston College. The guys that take that step, you never know what it can do for your career. So uh, thank you, Quay. And then Noah Jack. We'll get to the special teamers before we get to one of the main ones uh, that I wanted to end with. Noah Jack, we know he's a semifinalist. We're not sure how we'll find out of who that is. Maybe the other guys that are still alive in the playoffs because we're given more of the opportunities. Uh, but Noah Jack had an outstanding last two years, outstanding year this year. Arguably could put himself on Hall of Fame, too, because he broke a lot of average records, broke a lot of punting records. Noah Jack was outstanding. Yeah, the the show how good he was on the field doesn't show how great of a person he is off the field. What he's been through with this pandemic, not being able to go home, losing uh, 
I think it was his, was his grandma. I think so. Yeah, losing his grandma, not being able to do that, and uh, this team being there for him, that's just amazing. I couldn't imagine how would how how he's went through this the way he has. I know. So in all that, I'm glad you said that. Personally, a lot of these guys go through a lot, yeah, especially ones that are from different countries, let alone uh, these guys fought through a lot. And, Jack, thank you for everything you've done, giving us chances in games, and, yeah, being that great person with that personality shining bright on this program, Noah. And then uh, Nico, what more can you say? A guy that probably will go into the Hall of Fame without a doubt as well because he's broken records here. We know another local product that's gotten better and better as the years have gone on, Noah, and this year he hit the record for most in a season for 50 yarders. Uh, just He's been just steady all year. He's like Jack. What more can you say? We know he's been here longer than Jack. But uh, Noah Nico, just an unbelievable career, huge leg. We're going to miss his leg. Yep, old reliable, I call him. He, he, he'll knock one through when you need him to. Yeah, he's been another local product that's been here forever. Also didn't say a lot, just like Anthony Knighton, but absolutely, the numbers he's put up, and uh, he's been a great piece. And uh, we got another local product, hopefully turns out just as great as he was. Exactly. Being from Johnson City, we know they produce – uh, football players there so Nico thank you for everything you've done and we talked before I think I mean with his efficiency and hitting 50 yarders teams are always looking for kickers I'm a fan of one that is always seems like they're looking for one uh, so I mean he'll, I think he'll get a chance whether it's the NFL or any league hopefully he sticks with it. a lot of these guys even Jordan who said he doesn't know like stick with it as long as you can obviously and then Noah the big a huge one where we said he had a struggle to the end of the season Noah Landon Lenore became top three receiver that SIU's ever had in terms of obviously what he's what he was last year and not getting the respect he deserved coming into this year, taking over in games and uh, you know, stepping up with Avante, who was deemed our best receiver, going down, being his elite self. We know his brother went to Western. He easily could have followed in his footsteps. He came here in this class, became an unbelievable player, Noah, easy Hall of Famer as well. Like we said, probably third and he would he because he obviously didn't do anything. He stayed around two and three and your and yards, receptions, everything. Noah Landon Lenore, an outstanding, outstanding career. Yeah, exactly what you said. He could have went to Western and followed on his brother's footsteps, but he wanted to come here and make his own legacy. And uh, yeah, he's a he's gonna be he's one of the top receivers ever to play here. I'd say him and Avante are the best duo ever to play here. So um, we can't say enough about him. We know he didn't in the season well as well as he did, but uh, those games, Avante, he came up big. And what else can you say about legendary Lando? Absolutely legendary. You're right in terms of, uh, yeah, he wanted to build his own legacy. I think that's something to say. Even he said that when talking about his brother. He wanted to do his own thing. And You're right. He, Him and Avante, I would agree. Definitely in terms of production, the best duo we've had at once here at SIU. We know we had Ralph Leonard and Darrell James at times, but they didn't put up numbers like these guys, especially in terms of career. Avante... Obviously, with the next season, obviously, if everything works out in history, we know he's having surgery as well, that he could potentially break some records next year if he's the guy, So, uh, which he will be. So, Landon, we appreciate everything you've done as well. You will have another, you will have an opportunity as well at the next level. Thank you so much. And then, Noah, some guys that we know have came along the way. Jerron Rollins, who we know came from Cincinnati, had kind of expectations, but he he's he's came out of no he kind of came out of nowhere in terms of how the season played out recently. That his big catches, huge huge catches in the playoffs, 
You know, he's a big he's a big play machine. He brought veteran. He was our big big play receiver, big receiver, literal big receiver. Noah Jerron had a good two years here. Even it seems like he only caught fifty passes. Good little two years here he had. Yeah, it's it the career he's had. He's coming here. Um, he's had he's made all of his catches have been big time, moving the key first downs, uh, key touchdowns in the back of the end zone in the spring against you and I to seal it. And it's just yeah, he's been that guy. He's been one of these leaders for these younger receivers, and hopefully they can learn from what they learn from him. Take that next step because we know we got some young receivers that will be pretty good. Exactly. Have his skill set, and I know these guys are all selfless, and we know that he's probably helped pave the way for the other guys as well. So, Jerron, thank you for what you've done. <clears throat> now, Noah, one, who knows how the season plays out. We know he struggled at the beginning, and he's in his second stint here in OB. He came an All-American last year. That can help him. We know we know Jeremy Chin's junior tape honestly did, did the case for his career in terms of where he's at. Noah James Caesar, we know, is an incredible person. Nick Hill's talked about how great a person he is, leading in every facet. Being out this season, he could easily focus. He could easily focus towards his next step of his career, but he stayed on here, was at every game, did everything right that he needed to do. No, outside of James Caesar being a really good talent to get him to the next level, he's an outstanding person. Yeah, he's been great. He's great. He could have, he could have easily once he had an injury, he could have left this team and focus on the next level, but that's not what he did. He wanted to earn his degree and help this team get as far. And because we know we had, uh, we used the we used the slogan "One Team, One Mission," and we had that one mission. And he did all he could to help us. Um, he was a he was a leader on that sideline, almost a coach at some points. Exactly, and he helped guys like David Miller, who David's even said himself how much he's helped. So just an outstanding person that he was. Yeah, and who knows how the season plays out if he does play, even though we wouldn't have got the emergence of David Miller and guys like that. So it's just crazy how things can play out. Uh, he's an outstanding follow on Twitter, an outstanding person, yes, sticking with it. So, James, we appreciate you coming back, believing in the program, having a good year at Ferris State and coming back here. So we appreciate you big time. Now, we've already mentioned the Donovans and the Kevin Glacians and the uh, – uh, D. Foxworth, who all did great in their, you know, and even for D. his short time, the other guys, and their time here believing in this program. Kevin coming off the defensive player of the year and uh, being the players that they were, we appreciate them so much. Uh, we wish them well, without a doubt. Uh, and a couple more, no, we forgot. Uh, I forgot Colby Coleman, who I know, like we said before here, had his own moments of good. I feel bad that I didn't tag him in this, which it's fine because we said if we didn't tag whatever others, thank you as well. So thank you, Colby, for what you did. Uh, Cole Stewart, no, like we said, fifth year, not coming back. Good career in the times that, you know, Cole was called upon to make big catches like we talked about and being just a steady, steady guy over his career. Yeah, that's uh, he made a big time. We know what he went through last year in the playoffs just to get to the first round game. And he is able to catch a fake field goal for a touchdown in that game. So um, I guess you could say almost in our backyard, Salem, Illinois, um, another local guy. So uh, it's great to see those guys have success. And great time, great time, great player, great person we had in this career. Yeah, Cole Stewart made a tweet actually three hours ago. He said, as I've had time to reflect on my career, I can't help but feel grateful for the opportunity I was given. All I wanted to do is be the best teammate possible and contribute something to the success of Saluki football. I feel like I've done everything I could do so. 48 out. An outstanding tweet, like you said, an outstanding person. 
and did what he had to do. So from Salem, yes, another local guy. So we thank Cole for everything he has done. Uh, no, before we get to this other big one, who are some other ones? We know a lot. Can, obviously, we're at senior day. Uh, who are some other ones that we didn't tag that we can mention here? Yeah, we did not have uh, – who are you getting to? Who's the last one? I was gonna. I was gonna talk about Bryson, but like guys like Philip Powell, who yeah, these the, I have a list of guys that went through Senior Day. Um, some we've already mentioned and talked about, but James Caesar, Jerron Rollins, Quay Brown, Anthony Knight, and Landon Lenore, Donovan Spencer, Bryson Strong, we'll get to Joe Patterson, Philip Powell, Raquan Lindsey, Dan Halburn, Cole Stewart, Bryce Notre, Nathaniel Pierre, Hunter Milligan, Jordan Burner, Dante Cleveland, Kevin Glacian, Jack Calhoun. Xavion Furcon, Nico Galdoni, Colby Coleman, and Dee Foxworth. Um, if we're missing out anybody um, that went through senior day or who's moving on, we apologize. But we can't say enough about this group um, to help us lead us where we got us because without any of these guys, we don't go anywhere. You're right. And even like Roquan Lindsey, who we know participated, he's got an extra year. We don't know if he's leaving or not. I don't think he's got a Twitter to see that Joe Patterson. Really good at times that he was here. We appreciate his contributions. Philip Powell and you said uh, – uh, yeah, what's his name? Or whatever his name was. But guys like that, yes, that even didn't – weren't like the level of these guys but did their part. Even what's his name? Halburn, our, our long snapper. Like guys like that we're going to miss. Uh, and even guys, like I said, didn't contribute at the highest level but did contribute to the success of our team. We appreciate all your all you seniors and good luck to you in your future endeavors. And the same thing we wish for this guy, Noah Bryson Strong, the best in his future. We know he's called it a career. Would have been huge moving forward, uh, you know, for next season coming off injury. And we know at times we thought he was going to come back. We 100% understand. We His mom's a great follower here, one of our followers. Uh, we know Justin still has a year or two left. Can't wait to see what he can do. But Noah Bryson, lettuce and tackles in the spring. Unbelievable. We saw him play basketball and everything in college being, or in high school, being at all top. Great to see him grow into this person, being the leader that he was being out with injury. Uh, we're going to miss him, but we wish him well in his in his life after football now that he's done. Yeah, losing him left a big hole in that defense in the linebacking core. And just the, the leader he's become and knowing what the decisions he's had to make and, yeah, playing playing basketball against him in high school, competing against him. Just knowing the person he's become and the players he's become is amazing. Can't say enough about him. No, he's one we definitely – who's been active on Twitter with us as well at times, and we definitely appreciate uh, his career and his contributions at an elite level at times. So, again, we wish him well in his later life after football. So, Noah, that's all of the – pretty much everything we wanted to cover. We recap the season, recap the game, the bad game. But we touched on these seniors, but I think it's the most important part – uh, we did all that, but let's get let's add some some more positives for our future. No, we know Charles Young competed in a state championship and he got it done. No, a state champion. What was the final score of that game? And we know he did something huge in that one. Uh, I forget what the final score, but uh, he made the biggest play of the game. Um, with about six minutes left, he took a kickoff back for a touchdown, and uh, that pretty much sealed the game almost. So big time for Charles Young. Um, if he's going to make – maybe he can make that impact for us one day. Exactly. Even for us in special teams, we mentioned how if some of these freshmen, you know Jalen Bates even, who made a tweet yesterday or something about year two. So he's he's excited for his next thing. But then just a freshman like that, a defensive back that can work their way into special teams, finding their way into the season because, we, like I said, we were going through freshmen that we don't know 
who will play and Charles Young if he can bring back touchdowns, not even if he's doing that specifically, but just be a key part. And he's a winner. We know we've talked about we want to recruit winners, and that's exactly what he did at this level. I'm sure they blew him out. No, ever you said it was close, and he took the lead or whatever happened in that game after that kickoff. So we don't. That was a closer game than the ones he was having. So Charles, great job. Cannot wait to have you in here. But no, we added a cut or we had a couple more offers recently as well. Yeah, we are hitting the transfer portal hard, and we know the coaches are out on the recruiting trail. But uh, David Reynolds today. Um, Another Florida international guy, 6'5", 258 D end. Um, I know, I think you sent it to me on Instagram. Um, I guess he was tagging Stone Norton, says uh, something about uh, let me know if I need to make that move or something like that. Um, so that would be a big one. Um, Antonio Fletcher is a uh, another sa- a ball hockey in his, in his bio, ball hockey safety slash nickel hard hitting ball hockey. So that would be another DB to add to this room from Arkansas State. Yeah, I think the biggest thing of this is David Reynolds sneak peeking that fact with Stone that he's a defensive end, someone we've been. He's got three years of experience, uh, two years of eligibility. Yeah, that'd be a key guy to add, especially with the relationships. I think that is one that should be near the top of our radar at this point now, especially if he's, like I said, he's sneak peeking it to an extent. And yeah, some more ball hawks. I, I like just where we're going with this. And like we said, we will – talk about our future and what it holds and who we could get, what the options are, who will be starting if we don't add guys. That's what we will do sometime before this new year ends. Uh, so everybody keep keep uh, up to date with that podcast, talking about everything for the future. Because then we talk about, mentioned Jalen Bates. Jalen Bates, he's ready for his second year. Even PJ made a tweet earlier. Enjoy the ups and downs. That's what life is all about. One percent with a picture of him with that pick six from Kansas State. So, we know we have our core guys. We can't wait to go over with everybody. And I'm sure, like we even said, we're ready for this offseason. Nick Hill's already recruiting. We cannot wait to see who we can add to this team to keep us in that same trajectory of playoffs. And going from there on out, we talked about, yes, it'll be hard to replace these six-year guys and these important seniors, but we will do the best we can. We know the team will as well. We're excited for what Nick Hill can continue to do and bring with his staff as well. It's just you know, adjustments for the offseason. We can't wait for it. We're already excited for what can happen in the offseason. So, again, thank you to all the seniors. Thank you to Mike Reese, Gene Green for doing the games all year, traveling, uh, doing everything. We appreciate Todd for his work and his time here, everything that made this season the way it was and uh, giving us a chance. We know it's not the way we wanted it to end, but we're still proud of this season. We're excited for the future. So until we talk sometime before the new year ends, I'm Nick Malone. Alert. We'll see you then. Go dogs as always.